Well, hi everyone, my name is Amy Schmidt and um, this presentation is going to go over the uh, permit requirements for land application of manure in Nebraska. So I want to cover four topics, um, answer four questions for you. One is do I need a permit? Two is what are the requirements of a permit? Um, then what does a nutrient management plan include? And finally I want to leave you with some additional resources um, on the topic that you could refer to after the training. So the question of do I need a permit is essentially based on two questions. One, how many animals will be confined? And two, how long will the animals be confined? The reason that these two matter is that they will define whether or not an operation is an animal feeding operation or a concentrated animal feeding operation by regulatory um, definition. And so we see over here that in AFO, um, you become an AFO when you have at least one animal confined um, for at least 45 days to an area that cannot sustain vegetation during the normal growing season. So any sort of uh, feed lot or, or other lot area that, that really can't be considered a pasture, uh, having a single animal confined there makes it an animal feeding operation. <clears throat> so we have a lot of animal feeding operations in the state that may not even know they're animal feeding operations. Um, what triggers the uh, definition of a CAFO then is the, the number of animals that are confined um, on that AFO. And um, there's also a, a, a second way that the operation could become a CAFO and that is to be designated by the regulatory agency and that happens if, um, if an operation has issues with discharging pollutants to waters of the state and um, haven't managed to get those corrected. They could be designated as a CAFO and required to have a permit. So this is um, kind of just for a reference to look back at later. But uh, this table breaks down the operation sizes in the state of Nebraska uh, based on whether it's a small, medium AFO or a large CAFO. And so you can see, for instance, in the top line, um, we have mature dairy cows. Um, 700 cows on an operation would trigger that as being a large CAFO. Um, if we go down to 200 to 699, that would be a medium. And then anything below uh, 200 would be a small AFO. So, um, when we look at uh, whether an operation is a small or medium AFO or a CAFO, there are different uh, requirements and regulations of, that apply to those operations. Um, starting with the large CAFO here um, over on, on the right, uh, Title 130 defines um, pretty much everything that uh, relates to the regulation and the operation of those types of facilities. Um, defines the planning, um, inspection requirements, record keeping, uh, permitting, uh, reporting, and all, all of those. And uh, we'll look at that in a little more detail here shortly. Um, any operation that is either being constructed new that would be a large CAFO or is currently not a large CAFO but is expanding and would become a large CAFO um, has to require an inspection uh, from the NDQ and then they are, may require a permit and it's based on their potential to discharge pollutants. Um, when an inspection request is submitted, then a $500 fee is, is submitted with that. For the small AFO and the medium AFO, the NDEQ has some latitude in, in the requirements for those operations. Um, medium AFOs uh, have to request an inspection and there's a fee that goes along with that. They may be required to obtain a permit. Small AFOs um, typically are exempt from an inspection uh, and or permit, but it's best to contact NDEQ uh, to ask rather than just assuming that an inspection is not needed.
Okay, so what are the requirements of a permit? Um, I mentioned Title 130 just a minute ago. This is the uh, regulatory document for Nebraska Department of Environmental Quality that, um, that includes all of the rules for livestock waste management facilities. And when I say all of the rules, uh, design, management, monitoring of the manure storage system, um, it includes uh, details on the development and implementation of a nutrient management plan, which is part of the permit. And then it also dictates the record keeping and recording, reporting requirements, as well as um, the requirement to allow NDEQ access to the property for inspections um, to, to monitor the implementation of the uh, regulations. So manure management 101 is kind of what I like to call it. Um, is, is very simple. It's, we want to see folks manage manure as a resource. Um, this means that we shouldn't allow livestock to be in contact with waters of the state and we should not have um, a condition where animal waste is reaching waters of the state either from um, a production area or from runoff from land application sites. And so it doesn't matter what size the facility is, whether you have a permit or not. Um, you can be required to have a permit, um, as I mentioned before, by being designated as a CAFO if uh, discharges are occurring from the site and, and the situation isn't remedied. So permitted livestock operations um, have to develop and follow a nutrient management plan. And for those in the training who, uh, who are large CAFOs and have a nutrient management plan in place, you know that this is a five-year planning document that dictates when and where and how manure will be applied to what fields and, um, and it also lays out the, uh, the monitoring that will be done of equipment and, and things like that. Specifically, what does the nutrient management plan require? This is a very condensed list, just um, kind of a quick overview and again, all of this is, is um, spelled out in the Title 130 regulation. Um, but a couple of the main points, um, the nutrient management plan requires agronomic utilization of nitrogen from all sources. And so there's a nutrient budget for nitrogen and phosphorus that would need to be completed. And then if a P index review um, shows that a, a site is um, very high in phosphorus or has a high potential for phosphorus discharge, then that operation may be required to uh, calculate manure application rates based on phosphorus rather than nitrogen. Um, the nutrient management plan will lay out the land application practices that are used. This includes um, manure and soil sampling on the regular basis, uh, conservation practices for um, uh, preventing runoff of nutrients from land application sites. It also covers uh, manure transfers and we'll talk about that in depth in another presentation so I won't go into it here. For the production area, uh, the nutrient management plan includes an overview of the manure storage capacity, um, any clean water diversions that are, are being used to keep wa clean water from entering the manure storage, um, mortality management, and ag chemical management. There's a number of records that need to be kept um, as part of the nutrient management plan. Um, these include um, how application rates are calculated uh, for all the fields in the nutrient management plan. It should show the planned applications over that five-year period of the plan. And then you would need to record actual applications and several um, characteristics of those application events. So 
the type of manure, the volume that was applied, the rate used, um, and so on. Uh, producers are required to keep records uh, for five years, so that's also uh, the life of the nutrient management plan, so that's an easy way to remember how long those records should be kept. Um, the last thing I'll mention then is the manure application setbacks, and, um, and that, that uh, is what dictates how close you can be to a, a stream or a water body or a well when manure is applied. And so this is a graphic that we've developed recently. Um, down in the corner here, I, I show you the, the um, Animal Manure Management Team Twitter site. And this is one of the graphics that we've um, developed for putting out on that site. And um, you can find a lot of other just simple um, best management practice type information by following us on that site. But for manure setbacks, uh, small and medium animal feeding operations, they need to stay at least 30 feet away from any uh, sensitive water body or um, wells, open tile lines, et cetera, when land applying manure and with stockpiling manure. For large permitted animal feeding operations, there's a requirement to stay 100 feet back. So 100 feet setback from those sensitive water bodies. Um, or as opposed to the 100 foot setback, they could do a 35 foot vegetated buffer and that allows application of the manure um, over 65 feet of land that wasn't, uh, wouldn't be otherwise included. So 100 feet setback if, if there's no buffer and a 35 foot setback if a vegetative buffer is used. Okay, so where can you find additional resources? Um, I wanna make you all aware of a new website that's available. This was developed over the last few years and is now um, fully functional. Um, agsiteplanner.unl.edu is the name of the site. And this was developed to kind of be a one-stop shop for um, learning about practices for responsible livestock production and expansion. And so a couple of the main tools that are available on this site, um, one of them is, the, is this regulatory guidance tool. And that's exactly what it sounds like. You can go in and select a location where you're considering building or expanding an animal feeding operation, answer um, a set of questions about the type of livestock and uh, the, uh, the practices that would be used for confining those animals. And then it will return for you a suggestion that this is probably a small AFO, a small, a medium AFO, or a large CAFO. And then it will include for you the regulatory requirements based on that um, designation. The risk management tool is, is a tool that can be used on existing or, um, or potential planned animal feeding operations. And again, it's a, a Google map-based tool where you select a land parcel and then a report is generated that um, identifies potential environmental, social, um, environmental and social risks associated with that site. And um, so I would encourage you to take a look at both of these. There's no login requirement, no account um, setup requirement, so this, the information isn't stored and, and that makes it um, a little bit um, a little bit better tool for a lot of producers who don't want to maybe reach out to a regulatory agency or extension to ask some of these questions. So with that, I'll leave you um, with a couple of other uh, web addresses here. So manure.unl.edu is our animal manure management team site. Um, I've put my contact information here and you're certainly welcome to reach out directly to me or to any member of the animal manure management team uh, with a specific question we'd be happy to answer. So thank you very much.